Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here in a Thursday edition of the show right off the top at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, the school shooting survivors file a federal lawsuit and President Trump calls for increased spending from NATO allies. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And after ripping NATO, ripping Germany, Trump's just ripped his Attorney General Sessions from a distance of 4,000 miles. We'll talk about it all next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Survivors of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland are filing a federal, uh, federal civil rights lawsuit. The suit targets the sheriff of Broward County, the superintendent of Broward Schools, and others. But attorney Solomon Radner says the lawsuit is not a shot at law enforcement. This lawsuit should not be misconstrued in any way. This is a shot at specific law enforcement officials who failed the students on that particular day. It claims they knew of the danger posed by alleged gunman Nicholas Cruz and didn't do anything about it. The survivors are seeking unspecified damages. 17 people were killed in that school shooting on Valentine's Day. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump is criticizing NATO on Twitter. Trump's tweet Wednesday questioned what good NATO is if Germany is paying Russia billions of dollars for gas and energy. The tweet said presidents have been trying unsuccessfully for years to get Germany and other rich NATO nations to pay more for their protection from Russia, but they pay only a fraction of the cost. Trump is currently in Brussels attending the NATO summit, but he will be in Britain later today to begin a two-day working visit. Meanwhile, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, who serves on the Foreign Relations Committee, tells Fox News President Trump is right. If you want to just question whether they're doing enough, I think that's a valid question because other administrations have done the same. And on the issue of energy, we wish Germany wasn't as dependent on Russia. It's a choice in the decision they made, and maybe there's a chance to revisit that. The president doubled down on the issue once again of defense spending, suggesting that all 29 NATO allies up their contribution to 4% of GDP. Back here in the States, an unbelievable story. Ten volunteer firefighters in North Carolina are being charged with arson. Deputies in Robeson County say they arrested the firefighters Tuesday after a year-and-a-half-long investigation into dozens of intentionally set fires in wooded areas and abandoned houses. The alleged arsons were all volunteers at local fire departments. Most of the suspects appeared before a judge Wednesday and were accused of being involved in a two-year conspiracy that involved setting up to 90 What would the motive be for firefighters to do that? I mean, if they're volunteers, it isn't like, okay, we want to justify our paychecks, right? Exactly. I don't understand that. I don't either, unless it's a kind of a hero complex, set the fire and then go out and be the hero who um, knocks it down and puts it out. You're right. That is an unbelievable story, the likes of which I can't recall ever hearing. Ever, ever. Not 10. Boy. You know, Mm. you'd think that would be... Yeah, an isolated one here and there, I grant you. Exactly. But 10? Yeah. Ten in one area? Yeah, looking forward to more on that. That's unbelievable. Another pretty amazing story. Elon Musk says he'll provide funding to fix the contaminated water in Flint, Michigan. The Tesla billionaire promised on Twitter Wednesday that he would fund fixing the water in any house in Flint that has contamination above FDA-approved levels. Flint's water supply was contaminated with lead back in 2014 after the city changed its water source from Lake Huron to the Flint River to save money. And finally, the Kennedy Space Center is saying goodbye to what one official calls hallowed ground. 
The fixed towers and mobile gantries of Launch, Com- uh, Launch Complex 17 will be demolished this morning at 7. The complex's history goes back more than 60 years when the Air Force launched an intermediate ballistic missile in 1957. There have been hundreds of launches since then. And Launch Director Tim Dunn tells Florida Today it's a little sad to lose a piece of space history. Yeah, we do that often out there, you know, and, and it's too bad. You kind of wish they could somehow be preserved. Yeah. Um, that is hallowed ground. 7 a.m. today, they're gone. 7 a.m., huh? They're going to yep. blow them up. They're going to blow them up. Mm, my goodness. Yeah, I know. It's sad to see them go, and yet it they're is. making room for all that private space enterprise that's coming back to the space Moving coast. into the future. Yeah, Time absolutely. waits for no one. <laughs> WFLA News Time at 6.06, and you can read about Papa John's founder, John Schnatter resigning as chairman. A new controversy sweeping him up. Find out the details at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And a long time ago, highest host, the Dead Meister, the Bud Man here. Great to have you with us. Good Thursday morning to you. Pulling the show all together here. Lots of moving parts, as always, this morning. Our executive producer, the best. Yaffe in the control room. Stephanie will be the friendly voice you hear when you want to get into the conversation on our phone lines by calling 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Or if you prefer the text line route, you're always welcome. It's never busy. 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. We're awaiting a uh, Trump press conference at NATO uh, in Brussels, Belgium, right now, um, the president heads for Britain, as Deb said, uh, later on today, and then he meets with Putin early next week. So the European trip continues. Lots of Trump-related news coming up. Hang on. You're not going to want to miss a word of that. It is all coming right up for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit, uh, well, just go to your cell phone and hit pound 250, and the keyword is real estate. All of this plus your update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Let me tell you, if you didn't get your fill of Fourth of July fireworks, a week and a day later, there are going to be plenty of fireworks. Who knows what Trump's going to say in his news conference at the NATO summit coming up here moments from now? Yaffe and Steph are monitoring that if we get something. Um, newsworthy, explosive from the president, and he's been on the war path, as you know, over there. Um, we will uh, turn it around and we will play it for you. Then, major fireworks in Congress today. Anti-Trump FBI guy Peter Strzok is going to be testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee in open session this morning. Meanwhile, his fellow anti-Trump FBI lawyer lover Lisa Page continues to defy a congressional subpoena. Yesterday, we speculated on, you know, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why don't they just take her and lock her up if she's doing that? Seems to me that's what ought to happen. They are threatening her with contempt of Congress, etc. But attorney Alan Dershowitz last night had an interesting perspective on the issue of Lisa Page and lock her up. Let's listen to him. The Justice Department is supposed to take the case over, but if the Justice Department doesn't do it, Congress is an independent branch of government. It can hold somebody in contempt. It can literally order the person to go into the basement jail cell, and then that person would have to go to court 
to seek a writ of habeas corpus. It's almost never done. It was done in the 19th century, but it's rarely done today. But it's rare that the Justice Department doesn't go after somebody and enforce a subpoena. And by the way, I learn something every day. Yaffe, I didn't know they had a slammer in the basement of the Capitol left over from the 19th century. Maybe they ought to dust it off and have it ready for Lisa Page. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> that really that really would be um, interesting. Um, they're threatening her with, you know, maybe contempt of Congress or whatever. But where is the Attorney General Jeff Sessions on this? It's his Justice Department, and uh, Trump overnight has been on the warpath in that regard as well. Here is what he has tweeted from overseas. As I head out to a very important NATO meeting, I see that FBI lover agent Lisa Page is dodging a subpoena, is refusing to show up and testify. What can she possibly say about her statements and her lies? So much corruption on the other side. Where is the attorney general? I think that's a legitimate question. Is Sessions wimping out again here? I can't believe Trump hasn't canned him. He obviously hates him, humiliates him, and emasculates him at every step of the way. I don't understand that, to be very honest with you. Uh, Of course, Strzok and Lisa Page were the lovers who had these text messages exchanged. The worst of a slew of them that are going to come up in Congress today when Strzok testifies. You know, Lisa Page said, he's not going to become president, is he? Oh, no, no, no. And Strzok answers, no, he's not. We will stop it. I have in my hands prepared remarks from the Associated Press of what Strzok will say before the Senate Judiciary Committee grills him today in what should be high theater on Capitol Hill, carried live on the cable news outlets. Don't miss it. I think they start at about 10 o'clock this morning. He will say that his work has never been tainted by politics, that the intense scrutiny that he is facing represents just another victory notch in Putin's belt. He will say that he has never allowed personal opinions to infect his work, that he knew information during the campaign that had the potential to damage Trump, but he never contemplated leaking it, and that the focus on him by Congress is misguided and plays into our enemy's campaign to tear America apart. When he says something yaffy to his lover, Lisa Page, on a text message that can't be denied, no, he won't become president. We will stop it. That says to me it's about more than personal political opinions that we all hold and are entitled to. It says he is prepared to use the mechanisms and the power of the Federal Bureau of Investigation to stop it, because that's where he works. What else could something like that possibly mean? And that's a big problem. I hope he gets asked that question today. I think he will. Somebody there will ask him that question, but that's a great question. Well, if you're if your bias didn't play into what you did, then what did you mean by this statement? Yep, yep. Whole lot more coming up. I got more Trump news here. How Trump may well save the Senate for the Republicans in the midterms. Midterms, first term for any president, normally cough up a lot of seats in both houses of Congress. Where is that blue wave? We've got some more on that for you, so stay tuned as we continue to monitor um, the impending news conference at NATO uh, by President Trump. I see a packed house there, and the lights are on. Cameras ready to roll. 
Gaffy, I'm looking at the Fox monitor. I have it on mute here because can't host the show and listen to the sound there and do the program here. It would be chaos. Um, but you are listening to the president there. Give us a sense of what's going on at the news conference. Well, actually, he is saying they're making a lot of progress. You have, uh, first off, you have Mike Pompeo and John Bolton right next to him. Right so, on the right on the stage. Yeah, right on the stage, right okay. next Secretary to him. Secretary of State, National Security Advisor. And um, but he's basically actually saying they've made a lot of progress at the meetings. There was good feelings in the meetings, and that they are starting to contribute more to their defense, and they're making progress. But they still have a lot more to do. Is basically his main point. All right, and he's taking questions right now, right? Yes. Okay, from the international press. There, we'll monitor that for you. Um, keep you up to date. A couple of um, Trump-related notes here. You know that judge's order that those kids on the border under five had to be reunited with their parents um, uh, by, I think, Tuesday of this week? Well, they've, they've apparently missed it, but they're going to miss it by not much. A Trump administration official says in a statement that they will have all of those kids under five reunited with their parents um, sometime today. Uh, all kids and their parents, regardless of age, under, judge, under a judge's order, uh, to be reunited at the border by the 26th of July, and apparently efforts continue in that regard. Do you remember this kid in San Antonio who apparently lives or lived in Orlando, 16-year-old Hunter Richard? He's with his buddies, um, and he's, uh, you know, having refreshments in some place, a Whataburger, I think it was, and some guy um, comes over and uh, and rips the hat off his head, curses him out for the Trump hat and throws a soda in his face. Well, this guy's been fired from his place of work, which was not the Whataburger, apparently, and he's been under arrest and he's out on bond right now. And, of course, um, Hunter Richard lost his red Make America Great Again Trump hat. So Trump got on Twitter and says, hey, if somebody can give me this kid's information, I'll send him a new hat and I'll autograph it. And he did, Yaffe. It's got the Trump signature right across the top of the red bill of the baseball cap and he's got an autograph model from the president of the united states himself who never misses a beat on stuff yeah, like yeah that's this. really cool i'm yeah. glad when trump does stuff like that he he does stuff like that every now and then it's really good yeah you know and and i think that that is that is where where he really connects with the people sometimes it's even subliminal you know i mean it's 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 just that he he talks like we talk you know he may be a billionaire and all of this, and he may be crass and all of this. And when I say he talks like we talk, I don't mean it as crass moments. I mean just in his ability to just be so doggone down to earth and absolutely continuously connected to the base that put him in office. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he yep. reaches out to his base a lot, I think. Amazing, yep. Okay, um, Yaffe gave me this, and this is very interesting. Uh, multiple polling sources out there are indicating the Democrats may have a hard time wresting the United States Senate from Republican control, which is a razor-thin margin now of 51-49. It's really 50-49 because John McCain is too sick fighting cancer to come to Washington and vote. Um, But the thinking is in any first term for a president in the midterms, they're going to get slaughtered. They're going to lose a lot of seats in the Senate and the House, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. The, The economy is on fire. The president is doing a lot of things that are impressing a lot of people. Even if they don't like his style, they like the results and the way things are going in this country. All the polling indicates that. And although the Democrats only need to pick up two seats to gain the majority in the Senate, they are struggling, the polling indicates, to control 10 states already held by Democratic senators. 
Those states now predominantly red states with voters strong supporters of Trump. They include Indiana, Missouri, Montana, and North Dakota. And um, chances of flipping most of these states, the analysis is, based on all the polls, where Republican senators are up for re-election seems slim. States like Nebraska, Utah, Wyoming, for example, look solid for the GOP. And it looks like the Democrats are going to lose races in key states like Nevada, Indiana, and Florida. Because the polling here is still showing Scott up several points on Bill Nelson. Things can change in a heartbeat on the political landscape. We know that. But if the election were held today, all indications are you could kiss the expected blue wave for Democrats goodbye. President continuing to take questions at the NATO uh, summit as he's holding a press conference there. We'll continue to monitor it for you. We've got an incredible story to talk about in the next half hour. A Florida hero stopped a gunman cold in his place of business, and he has been rewarded with a pink slip. This story will make you crazy. And I'm telling you, misery loves company. It's making me crazy. I have to share this with you, okay? I'm not going to suffer alone. I'm going to share this in a minute. We roll on with a news update, bottom of the hour. Deborah Roberts here, and um, the school massacre in South Florida earlier this year, never far from our thoughts, and back in the news this morning, Deb. Yes, it is, because 15 students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are filing a federal lawsuit against Broward County. The lawsuit filed Wednesday morning names retired school resource officer Scott Peterson, Sheriff's Captain Jan Jordan, Superintendent Robert Runcie, and more. The students say Jordan refused to let emergency personnel treat the injured students during the Valentine's Day shooting that took 17 lives. Attorney Solomon Radner says the goal of the lawsuit is to ensure this type of attack never happens again. That law enforcement is aware that we're expecting them to be heroes. That's their job. And if they choke and they cause people to die, they will have to face the music. The lawsuit accuses officials of failing to keep the children safe, contributing to their severe psychological trauma. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A teenager is dealing with injuries from a shark bite, but that might not be the biggest danger facing beachgoers in Volusia County. A 14-year-old boy was bitten on the foot by a shark yesterday off New Smyrna Beach, but he suffered only a small cut. In the meantime, Beach Safety Ocean Rescue says the bigger problem is hazardous rip currents, and more than 70 people had to be pulled from the water yesterday. We want people to know that, um, you know, when you come to the beach, make sure you pay attention to, um, you know, what conditions fly we're flying. Uh, swim in front of those open uh, lifeguard towers. Talk to the lifeguard. They can uh, let you know what uh, you need to do to be safe for the day. Captain Tammy Mulfers with Volusia County Beach Safety says those dangerous conditions could last the rest of the week. And a story I know you're getting ready to talk about, but it's pretty uh, incredible and egregious to say the least. Mm-hmm. A manager of Academy Sports up in Tallahassee has been fired because he tackled a man who tried to run from the store with a stolen gun and ammunition. Dean Crouch's fast action resulted in the arrest of a man with a history of mental health problems who's accused of stealing three guns in one day. But he was fired because the company says his actions were, quote, inconsistent with their corporate policies. It's an incredible story. We'll get into it in more detail. Thanks for the setup, Deb. You got it, bud. And you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. 
Gina, welcome in. Good to have you here on the 50,000-watt front porch, live as always at 635 from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. How are you doing? I'm doing well, bud. Good morning. I hope you're well also. Absolutely right. Good. And we are ready to go and hear from you, starting right. with the stock futures and a look at what's influencing mm-hmm. the market. The stock futures look good this morning, bud. Looks like we're headed for a higher Wall Street open, a big difference from what we were looking at at this time yesterday. We have the Dow futures up 162 points amid uh, the possibility that uh, the U.S. and China may be getting together for more trade talks. Yesterday, though, as you know, trade tensions, the big focus, making investors very jittery with the tariff talk. And the Dow was down 219 points to 24,700. The S&P tumbling 20, or 7 tenths percent, to 27.74. And the Nasdaq down 43 to 77.17. The Bloomberg Orlando Index was down about 6 tenths percent. Today, we're watching for jobless claims, consumer prices, and consumer comfort data. Busy day coming up now. What can you tell us about the latest shots fired in this battle of the media empires, Gina? Mm-hmm. Well, Comcast has now boosted its takeover bid for Britain's Sky TV to $34 billion, topping an offer from Rupert Murdoch's 21st Century Fox by 5.4%. This is the latest twist in a tussle that also includes Disney. Both Comcast and Disney have been vying to acquire Fox's entertainment assets. Murdoch currently has a deal to sell Fox's assets to Disney, and that includes Fox's sky stake so it gets a little confusing and uh, stay tuned because this isn't over yet okay fair enough the um third largest pizza store chain i think is papa john's and their founder and their chairman is now out Mm -hmm. and uh we touched on it a little bit earlier in the news but give us what you have on that Yes, this is John Schnatter. He's resigned after coming under fire for making racist comments that have battered the shares of the chain. The move came seven months after he exited the CEO role over critical comments about the NFL's national anthem dispute. Schnatter admitted to using a racial epithet and apologized. Forbes had reported the incident occurred on a May call arranged between company executives and a media agency as a role-playing exercise. It was interesting, but from what I see, it wasn't he used the N-word, which is the issue here, in a pejorative way. He was saying that, you know, back in the day, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, used the N-word and there were no repercussions, like another day in time. But even using it in that way uh, was, uh, was fatal, at least in terms of the career of the founder of Papa John's. Interesting story there. Finally, before you go, apparently there's new data out helping explain why the diet industry continues to thrive. What's up? Well, the CDC says that around 49% of American adults tried to lose weight from 2013 to 2016. Those between ages 40 and 59 are doing the most huffing and puffing. Exercise, eating less, consuming more fruits and vegetables, drinking more water are the most common strategies. 56.4% of women tried to lose weight versus almost 42% of the men. Push-ups and stuff are important, but the push-aways from the table (laughs) are the most important, and I find those the hardest to do. Oh, (laughs) yes. I'm with you there. All right, Gina, thank you very much. I know you're grabbing a long weekend tomorrow. Enjoy it, and uh, we'll have uh, another one of your great teammates uh, in here from the Bloomberg Business Newsroom to keep us up to date on all these things tomorrow morning. Take good care, Gina. Thanks, bud. You too. All right, now we're diving into the story Deb um, set up for you here a moment ago. A Florida hero stops a gunman cold in his store. 
He doesn't get a bonus. He doesn't get a commendation. He doesn't get a promotion. He gets a pink slip. Details on this outrage in a moment, and I'll definitely want to hear from you at 407-916-5400 or on the text line at 23680 where standard message and data rate supply. We'll dive in on this controversy, Florida Story, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Our latest headlines right now the ongoing Trump summit at the NATO summit or the Trump news conference at the NATO summit. Yaffe, you're monitoring that in the control room. What do you hear? Uh, Yes, well, recently, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, came up to speak just very quickly, but he had mentioned that the talks with uh, North Korea are still going well, they're still productive, they're still committed to denuclearization, and that the next thing to happen is just that task, figuring out how to accomplish that. When we spoke for a few minutes, did not address, you know, the kind of war of words that have been happening between the two countries, us and them, recently. Right. But he says things are still going well. Which runs counter to what a lot of the anti-Trump media is reporting, that it was a fiasco, the Pompeo meeting. And the president himself is kind of um, uh, putting a bright ribbon on the NATO summit, even though it was pretty contentious yesterday. Yeah, well, as of right now, he said uh, things are promising. He says these countries are committing to upping their defense, trying to get to that 2%. Trump says it's going to happen within the next few years. Did not give any specific dates on that. But he says uh, it's promising. All right. And he continues to take questions with Pompeo flanking him on one side and National Security Advisor John Bolton ready to take any questions that might uh, pertain to his expertise on the other side as the international press continues to quiz the president of the United States. Now this story out of Tallahassee. I think the best reporting on this outrage has been done by the local paper there, the Tallahassee Democrat. I'll give you what they are reporting. The manager of Tallahassee's Academy Sports Store fired Tuesday after tackling a suspect accused of stealing a handgun late last month. The suspect also allegedly threatened to shoot people. The store manager now fired 32-year-old Dean Crouch, you know, married with a small child. No other way to support his family. He's already put up his his house on the market here because he has no income. He stopped a man named Jason White in his store that he manages, Academy Sports Store, and they sell firearms. That this guy was looking at a 40 caliber pistol pretending to be a legitimate customer at the firearms counter on June 29th when he suddenly took the gun, bolted for the door. Okay? Crouch, who court records say observed the transaction at the counter, and another employee tackled and subdued White at the exit doors to the store, the Academy Sports Store, where they sell the guns. They recovered the gun, a stolen backpack, five boxes of ammunition, and two magazines for the gun. White was taken into the store office, held until police arrived. It was there that he reportedly admitted to stealing the gun and threatened to shoot people with it. Now, what happened? How did he get fired? I mean, can you even believe that he would be? Where's the bonus? Where's the commendation? Where's the promotion? Where's the glad hand and the public thank you? Well, apparently, Crouch ran afoul by stopping this fleeing gunman. Ran afoul of a corporate policy in the chain of Academy Sports Stores. 
the policy prohibits employees from placing their hands on customers while they're in the store. He tackled the fleeing gunman and had to put his hands on him to do it. A company spokesman says that the company's treatment of the former employee's conduct, as well as his eventual firing, complies with company policy. And as we speak, this Florida hero, who could have saved untold lives based on what we know about the guy who fled with the gun, is unemployed. What are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about Academy Sports? Do you you even believe such a thing could happen? That policy exists, but, but not for that reason. Sure, you don't want, you know, touching anybody who's in their customer. It's totally inappropriate to do that. But that's not what this is all about. This guy's a hero. Where is the common sense? Where is the sense of decency, of flexibility, of rationality? Where's a shred of intelligence and rational thinking here in the hierarchy of Academy Sports? That's the story out of Tallahassee, Florida. What do you think? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. I want to give you a chance to uh, load up and respond to that this morning. I would like to know your reaction. 407-916-5400. I think you can get a pretty good grip on mine. This is the height of outrage. Still monitoring the uh, Trump news conference over at the uh, NATO summit. Uh, right now, let's go to the phones. We've got this Tallahassee um, store manager at an Academy Sports where they sell guns, now without a job, fired by the company for violating corporate policy by putting his hands on a customer who was running out of the store with a gun and had threatened to shoot people. This is incredible. I can't believe Academy Sports has to, has to change their stance on this or it's going to kill their business. It will trigger a massive and appropriate boycott, in my view. They need to think. A little common sense, please. Let's go to Scott in Orlando. Scott, go ahead. You were first on the line. Yes, but uh, where's the NRA standing up for this? And I don't, thing- I don't know. I mean, the firing just broke Tuesday. The incident goes back to the 29th of June. They may not, may not have connected to it. We'll see whether the NRA has an official stance on it. I have caught nothing on that yet, but it may be out there. And where's the protesters? Why aren't the protesters protesting the academy to keep this guy employed with Academy of Sports? And the third thing is, where's his $10,000 bonus academy should give him? I mean, this guy should get a bonus to put his life to protect um, good Americans. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Bill, you're in DeBerry. What do you think? Well, you know, I agree with your last caller and everything they said. But, you know, here's the thing, bud. When, when you go into a store, a simple handshake is a, is a customary greeting. But that is touching the customer. And I know that's a silly point. I understand that. But, but at the end of the day, isn't that still touching the customer? Well, that's a great point. That's an interesting point. By the way, by the way, um, Fox is reporting uh, that, that, that uh, Mr. Crouch, who's been fired here, um, has an attorney, and they are filing a wrongful firing, a wrongful termination suit. So, and 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 I, I hopefully Academy Sports is going to wise up. We'll see. Okay, 
Otherwise, he may wind up owning owning part of the chain <laughs> before this is over. Yaffe, what do you think about this story? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I really think this is because we have such a litigious society, a sue-happy society, and companies put these policies in place because they're afraid they're going to get sued, and then they have these zero-tolerance about them. So they're afraid that if they don't fire this guy, it's going to have a lawsuit the other way, but now you have a lawsuit this way. Yes, so. you do. Yes, you do, Academy Sports. Bob, you're in land. Welcome in from Volusia County on this. Hello, Bob. Hey, hey, Bud. Good morning. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. A uh, couple things. Mm-hmm. If that gun had to hit the street, who's to say that if it was used in a crime, that somebody wouldn't come back and shoot Academy Sports, being that they lost it? Second of all, the guy wasn't a customer. He was a thief. But he was. He, he, but he was. He was. You know, he appeared to be a customer at the time. You see. But I couldn't agree with you more. That, that that's another great point, and I'm criminal. And he didn't steal a shirt. Yeah. Third, yeah. if this guy doesn't get his job back, he'll be like Dix. He'll be out of my life. And uh, hopefully, if he doesn't get his job back, somebody will get this guy a better job. You know, I, I I think he probably will get a better job somewhere else. I don't even know in a situation like this if I'd want to go back and work for the company that would that would pull the trigger on me like that. Yeah, that's a really great point. The caller made a great point, too. The policy is so you don't place your hands on customers, but this guy was not no longer a customer. He yeah. was a thief. That's I'm not sure, what the policy is about. Exactly, and I'm sure that would come up with any intelligent lawyer defending this, right. uh, this young man. Can I also say if they don't change their policy, think about this. For the, for the people out there who just like to steal a gun and create mayhem with it, Hey, go to Academy Sports. You know what? Uh, with this policy, we saw what happened to that guy. No one's going to touch me. Pretend you're a customer. Check out the gun. Bang. Do a 180 and out the door. That That is something Academy Sports needs to ponder here, is the message being sent to all the bad guys out there. Okay? We'll stay on top of this story. We're going to talk about family leave and whether it is time for conservatives to embrace it. Lots going on in Congress now. Uh, Yaffe and I will let you know where we stand on this, and we want to find out what you think. That's our hot topic right after my co-host Deborah Roberts updates us on the news. Coming right up here at 7 o'clock, more on the Parkland School shooting survivors filing a federal lawsuit and what a new study says about working while on vacation. Good morning, Orlando, at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a bright, sunny Thursday morning at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the school shooting survivors file a federal lawsuit. And what a new study says about working while on vacation. Apparently, lots of us are doing it. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. I will never be on that list. <laughs> All right. Coming up, is it time to embrace family leave? The conversation for you, with you, next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. Survivors of the Parkland shooting are filing a federal civil rights lawsuit. The case was filed on behalf of 15 people who survived after the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on February 14th. 
Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel and former school resource deputy Scott Peterson, along with Broward School Superintendent Robert Runcie, are those on the are, that are being sued, among others. Audrey is an MSD student who survived the shooting and said what happened on Valentine's Day should not have happened. We deserve more from our law enforcement and that it could have ended the massacre before a lot more people had died that day, not 17. The students are accusing the defendants of knowing about the dangers posed by the alleged gunman and they failed to react. Their survivors are demanding a trial by jury. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Nurses at several Florida hospitals operated by Hospital Corporation of America took to the picket lines this morning. They're telling the public that they're understaffed because nurses are leaving and HCA is not hiring replacements. They say their goal is to improve the recruitment and retention of experienced registered nurses and ensure optimal patient care. The nurses' informational pickets were being held at HCA hospitals in Sarasota, Bradenton, Brooksville, St. Petersburg, and closer here to home in Kissimmee. A project that has frustrated drivers for years and will most likely continue to frustrate us for years could be almost a year behind schedule. Reports obtained by Channel 9 show the I-4 Ultimate Project is 245 days behind schedule. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me do that on a 365-day calendar. That sounds like it's like, I don't know, eight months or something. Yeah, and it might not be finished until late 2021. You predicted it right from the get-go. This was not going to be done on time. Because they they always say that. They say that to kind of tamper down the temper. But the truth is, (laughs) they know it's going to take much longer than than they assume. But that delay could also mean more money on a project already expected to cost more than $2 billion. This is sure to uh, frost your flags, but the report blames (laughs) storms and the threat of sinkholes for the delay. And one expert tells Channel 9 delays for a project of this size are not unusual. We should expect them, but almost a year behind schedule. And they should have given us the estimate based on reasonable expectation of weather-related delays and things that happened in Florida like sinkholes, yeah. but you're right. They play the game to try to sell the project. Exactly. The, 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 the project. 245 days, okay? That is that is about eight months Yeah. behind schedule already, and who knows, maybe more slippage to come because we've just passed the halfway mark. That's right. And, yeah. you know, they may talk about sinkholes and storms, but they also forget about gas leaks, yeah. police act, you know, all kinds of things shutting That's down right. the interstate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as you're sitting on I-4 getting ready to head into the office, it turns out we don't have a lot of fun in the sun. That's the title of a survey that shows more people are having a hard time disconnecting from work while they're supposed to be on vacation and getting away from it all. 56% overall of the employees surveyed say they'd check in at least a few times while on vacation. That would be checking in, but like your email or your voicemail. The survey was conducted by Account Temps, a Robert Half company that's based right here in Orlando. And Robert Half's Noel Teal says the company that you work for needs to reassure its workers that they will have a job when they come back from their time off. It really does need to come from the management of the company that this is okay and, and we, you know, it's healthy and it's, it's required. Get, get away. We will still maintain our business focus without you and uh, we will be very happy when you return fresh and, and revitalized. Yeah, Teal says that reassurance goes a long way toward ensuring that the worker who returns from vacation really will be refreshed and ready to get back to work. So it isn't like we have a lot of obsessive people who no. just can't back off the gas and power down. They're living in fear that if they're not completely up on everything, they'll go find someone who is 
when you come back. Exactly. And, yeah, that, you should that, not have to live that way. No, but that is the per- pervasive yeah, fear yeah. in many American workplaces is that if I take time off, they're going to find time to replace me. I know there's a lot of you listening right now nodding in the affirmative because that's exactly where you are. Yeah, as you're drinking down your coffee on your way into the office. And finally, no surprise here, two movies are now in the works about the dramatic rescue of the boys' soccer team from that flooded cave in Thailand. Director John Chu announced yesterday he'll direct a film in association with Los Angeles-based Ivanhoe Pictures. The film company says Thailand's Navy and government are cooperating in the production. Yesterday's announcement came one day after Pure Flix Entertainment announced it's working on its own film about the 12 boys and their coach trapped deep inside a cave for over two weeks after heavy rains flooded the way out. If they do that movie right... The entire world will want a look inside what we can only imagine was going on. It'll be a blockbuster. I hope it's a quality production, and uh, I will see it. Yeah, here, here, but I second you on that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. WFLA News Time at 7.08. Read about police being shocked after a murderer turns himself in 32 years later. Whoa. My goodness. Finally got a guilt trip, huh? Finally got a guilt trip. <laughs> Only took him 32 years to get it, but it's 32 years, not too late. But you can get the details of the story for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. Is it time for conservatives to embrace 12 weeks of paid family leave in the workplace for new parents? Lots going on on Capitol Hill. We're having the conversation here in a moment. Are you in favor of paid family leave or not? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. There's a couple of approaches to it out there, and we'll lay them out here, and we will have the conversation. I've got big-time mixed feelings on this, I will tell you up front. As we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio, from your cell, just hit pound 250, keyword real estate, a word from Deb, an update on Orlando's news, water, and traffic, and then paid family leave on the 50,000-watt front porch. Right now, traffic and weather together, news, the whole deal coming up in two minutes. You know, the Democrats have never met a big-time, expensive, whether we can afford it or not, government entitlement that they that they didn't love, have always been pushing or long been pushing for family weave, uh, family leave in the in the workplace. You know, and and the basic formula is that when you have a baby, you can take twelve weeks away from work and be paid as though you were there. So you can get into being a new parent. You can bond with your little baby. That that's an important relationship to establish to the max. Conservative Republicans in particular have said the last thing we need is another government entitlement plan, that people need to make their own arrangements, or companies need to be free to say, hey, we're offering that as a perk, a benefit. Come work for us. The other guys don't do that. And they figure out a way to do it on their own. That is where all of my instincts take me. But I can tell you there are more and more conservatives embracing this, and they had a big-time hearing on this yesterday in Congress. Republican and Democrat plans were pitched out there. And keep in mind, on the Republican side, guess what? The president's daughter, Ivanka, remember on the the campaign trail when he was just, it was just a primary season, he didn't even have the nomination, 
and she came out and said, we need paid family leave, and I'm leaning on Dad to do it, and he was put in an awkward position and kind of bought into it, although I don't think it is exactly what he wants mandated by the federal government. I can tell you that in the tax cut tax reform bill uh, that the president signed at the first of the year that has really got the economy on fire, there is a provision that incentivizes businesses nationwide to offer workers up to 12 weeks of paid family leave. Uh, It's a business credit of up to 25% for companies that will make that offer. Um, There are Republican plans, and Rubio is, uh, is all about this, that, okay, how are we going to fund such a thing? And the way he and others are proposing that it be done is um, that you let new parents draw from their Social Security in exchange for delaying their retirement benefits, okay? That's how they get the money to sustain them taking 12 weeks off, okay? And then there is the Democrat side. Gillibrand out of New York um, has a bill known as the Family Act, which would create a national paid family and medical leave program financed through an increase in payroll taxes, okay? So there it is, a tax increase government entitlement plan. Um, more conservatives are embracing this. Rubio's running hard with it. Yaffe, what do you think? I've got big-time mixed feelings on this. I think there's another way we should go, and I've, I've kind of given my, my thoughts on the way this ought to go down, and I don't like what I see on Capitol Hill for the most part. Yeah, I do not have mixed thoughts. I'm completely against it. I think what it will end up doing is creating a giant entitlement, another one, in a time when we already have problems with the current entitlement and this idea of borrowing from Social Security, we already have problems funding Social Security. Now the trust fund is going to go bust in a few years and our solution is to draw more from it now. That makes no sense to me. I just don't think this is necessary or needed. If companies want to do it on their own, that's fine. But to create another giant government entitlement now is not a good idea. And I know an awful lot of parents who, frankly, you know, they've lived it. They both work. They have kids. And they don't expect the company to let them disappear for three solid months because they had a baby. They make the arrangements. Millions of people are making that work. The government doesn't have to be in on everything. Or does yeah, it? I completely agree with you. Coming up, your take. What about it? Paid family leave. Are you for it or against it? If you're for it, how would you like to see it be done? Big time debate going on in the halls of power in Washington. Download the absolutely free and phenomenal, user friendly and revolutionary iHeartRadio app. Download the iHeartRadio app. It is fantastic. You're going to love it. An update now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And then on the phones and the text line, your take on paid family leave. After an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes, right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, more and more conservatives seem to be rallying around the thought of a new entitlement paid family leave. Ivanka Trump came out with it during the campaign, put President Trump now, then candidate Trump, I thought in an awkward position, didn't want to be in. But I wonder whether or not she's gotten to him yet, because I cannot believe that Ivanka Trump would have been on Capitol Hill yesterday for that big bipartisan hearing on paid family leave without the blessings of her father. Well, yeah, I don't think it's really a big issue for Trump. So I think he's all for it if Ivanka is. And a lot of Republicans are for it now. 
Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not in the conservative playbook. Right. That's exactly right. Let's go to the phones. Frank, you're in Deltona. Good morning to you, Frank. Yeah, top of the morning. You and Yaffe are correct, okay? It's utterly ridiculous. Another scam. Let the politicians pay for it. I'm tired of paying for all this stuff. That's it. You're out on paid family leave. Uh, Frank, I'm coming to you in a minute, but I want to go to the text line right now, Yaffe, because you're getting some texters in at 23680 on paid family leave. Yeah, one person says this, says paid family leave sounds a lot like socialism. Who pays for it and when? Uh, another person says uh, the problem with paid family leave is it will increase the payroll by over 23% because you have to pay for that employee who's gone plus pay for the replacement who is replacing the employee while that other employee's out. Yeah. So that increases the payroll. And who pays for that? The consumer. So we'll just raise prices. Yeah. And uh, the Democrat side, where they have this idea of um, maybe doing it through increasing everybody's payroll taxes, they say that way small companies that could not afford to compete with the larger companies in a benefit like that for workers of paid family leave, that it would drive them out of business, you know, uh, that, that they would be able to do it because it would all be funded through the payroll through the payroll so tax. through the taxpayers yes <laughs> yes yeah yep who are always at the end of the pipeline getting it you know where let's go to the phones here's frank good morning to you from eustace in beautiful lake county what are your thoughts on paid family leave frank well good morning you know i text you and he just read it about the 23 percent but let me give you the um the solution what is it's it? just like a student loan you want the money that's fine We'll pay you up front, and then over the next five years, it gets withdrawn from your uh, against your payroll. No matter what company you change, you pay the original company out of your payroll. It's done all the time for liens and things like that. That's the way to get this done if we want to get it done. That's the point you're making. Yep, it's a loan. Yeah, interesting. All right, good stuff. Thank you. Do appreciate it. Any further thoughts on this, Yaffe? I'm just completely against it. I mean, I understand why some Republicans are for it because it's a social issue and it supports more families, I guess. And it's an election year and you don't yeah. want to have ads run against you as not being compassionate, not caring about young couples who are married, not caring about the family unit as the fabric of our society, not caring about precious little babies who need mom and dad with them 24-7 in the early months. Yeah, but these entitlements always have unintended consequences. It's going to raise prices, it's going to hurt a lot of small business, or it's going to create more government spending, or it's going to withdraw more from the entitlements, which are already going bankrupt. Come on, we're only $21 trillion in debt, Yaffe. What's another trillion or two? (laughs) Come on, you old skin flint. (laughs) Jeez. All right. Deb's joining us now with a news update, all kinds of things going on, but the grimmest story of calendar year 2018 in the state of Florida is back in the news off the top. Deb? Survivors of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland are filing a federal civil rights lawsuit. The suit targets the sheriff of Broward County, the superintendent of Broward Schools, and others. It claims they knew of the danger posed by alleged gunman Nicholas Cruz and didn't do anything about it. Audrey is a Marjorie Stoneman Douglas student who survived this shooting and said they didn't deserve for this to happen to them. We're just students and we thought we were safe at school and that we didn't need that to happen to us. 
The survivors are seeking unspecified damages. 17 people were killed in the school shooting on Valentine's Day. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Well, if you're not sleeping well, it could be time to repaint your bedroom. A study by the Travel Lodge Motel chain, I find that an interesting body to do the study, Okay, reveals the color of your bedroom walls may help you sleep better. The study says blue walls can make you feel restful and calm. You sleep with your eyes closed, Deb. You can't tell what color the walls are. Sure. You Why s- does that matter? Do you ever sit up in bed and read? Or maybe, uh, well, certainly watching TV isn't going to help you sleep any better. But yeah, color has a much bigger effect on your on you than you think you do. it okay, does. Okay, keep going. So uh, restful and calm because they remind you of the sea and sky. Okay. Yellow walls are conducive to happiness as long as they're not too bright. Green walls can put you at ease because they remind us of nature. Now, the study says bad colors for sleep include purple, which may cause nightmares, and red, which is too exciting. But a lot of relationship experts say if you need to get the sizzle back to paint your walls red. (laughs) Gray walls can make you feel isolated. Brown is also a depressing color, but what's interesting, the study says brown is the favorite bedroom color of workaholics. Really? It's probably like a beige sort of thing, a light brown. Nobody would do a dark brown wall, would they? I don't, I don't know. Does this make any sense to you guys, that, that your, the quality of sleep is dependent upon the color of the walls? Well, it's not dependent on it, but it can affect it. Okay. Sure. You, co- different colors can put you in different moods. Okay. Just kind of like the sun. When You're in a different mood when it's sunny and bright outside than you are when it's raining. Well, I'm solar powered. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> so, I mean, little things like that can affect a person. You know what happens to me? We have a couple of days of gray skies, you know. Just, exactly like right. Pulling the plug on Imagine me. if your bedroom was gray. Okay. All right. No, Thank you, Mike Yaffe. Thank you. All right. I, mean, I know you're trying to sell me on this. I'm not sure you did it, but very interesting. What else is going on? Well, how about a study that says coffee drinkers live longer? Yeah, I'm into that. I'm on my third cup already. All right, well, then you don't need to be solar-powered. You're (laughs) caffeine-powered. I am right now. But truly, a new study from the Journal of the American Medical Association suggests coffee drinkers are 12% more likely to live longer compared to non-coffee drinkers. The study also found a link between coffee consumption and a decreased risk of stroke and type 2 diabetes. Now, they say the findings are not due to the caffeine within coffee, but could have to do with the chemical compounds within the coffee bean itself. Oh, that's interesting. So everybody always talks about coffee and and health in terms of caffeine. No. But there's other stuff in there. The other compounds. Ah. Now, either that or, as one researcher says, it may just be because coffee brings people joy. Does it? I don't know if it does that. I think it does because I can't imagine working with you if you haven't had your three cups of coffee. So <laughs> no, it brings me lots of joy. <laughs> you know what brings me lots of joy? A greasy fried burger. Oh. Can that can that be healthy? Because it brings me lots of joy. That's you know good. what? I say yes. <laughs> okay, good. I say yeah. yes. Yeah, keep Go it up, keep it up, Yaffe. Keep it up, Yaffe, and I will call Dr. Kronhaus on your behalf and see if I can get you in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Deb. You're welcome, bud man. Deborah Roberts with the news as only she can bring it. Uh, top and bottom of the hour all morning long here on Good Morning Orlando. Hey, we got the sound judgment game right now, and it's got a NATO summit flavor to it. And we 
are giving away prizes to something that's never happened in Orlando before. You're going to want to go with your kids or your grandkids while the summer vacation is still on. It's coming up. They have a brand new version of Monster Jam, normally at the old Citrus Bowl. Going to be indoors for the first time ever at the Amway Arena. So you won't have to worry about the heat and humidity and the rain and whatever. This is an amazing new concept in Monster Jam. And we're giving away tickets to you. If you're our winner, you're eligible if you haven't won the game in a month. So get on the 50,000-watt front porch. We'll have a fun uh, We'll have a fun time playing sound judgment and giving away this great prize. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. President's on his way out of Brussels, Belgium, and the NATO summit. He'll be heading for the U.K. We'll catch up with him along the way. We've got a NATO flavor to the sound judgment game, or a NATO sound, I should say, coming right up. We're playing. We've got contestants on the line. And Stephanie, we got a brand new prize we're pretty excited about. That's right, we do. We have a family four-pack of tickets to Monster Jam Triple Threat Series at the Amway Center on August 18th. Tickets are on sale now. Visit 1025WFLA.com keyword events. The Monster Jam Triple Threat Arena is a tour entirely different format than any or other witnessed at the stadium. This upcoming tour features eight of the most talented Monster Jam drivers competing on three different vehicles during the competition. All right, good deal. Never before have we had Monster Jam indoors at the Amway Arena. It's not the same show as at the stadium. It's this triple threat concept, all brand new. Uh, The big trucks, you, the kids, the grandkids are going to love it. If you're trying to get in to win it, wait for a wrong answer that opens up a line you'll have to take quickly at 407-916-5400. So the NATO Summit... Um, is wrapping up in uh, Brussels, Belgium, where President Trump has uh, been trying to get member nations to shape up and pay up, as we've been reporting. Now, here's something I just learned about NATO, the North American Treaty Organization. NATO has an anthem, its own song. We're going to play some of the NATO anthem now, and while the music rolls, use your sound judgment to tell me Who was President of the United States when NATO was created? That's the NATO anthem, okay? So NATO's been around a while. Tell me, who was president of the United States when NATO was created? That's our sound judgment question for you, line one. Man, I'll take a flyer on this one. Is it possibly Eisenhower? No, but thank you for trying. There's the open line. Grab it, 407-916-5400. Up the line to line two. Who was the president when NATO was formed? Hey, I think it was before Eisenhower. I think it was um, uh, it was like the 40s. So Truman. We have a winner, Harry Truman, 1949. He was the president, and you're going to the brand new Monster Jam indoors at the Amway Center. I hope you're That's excited awesome. about that. It's a brand new prize we're offering you here this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good job. You're a good history buff on that, and. Uh, Way to go, my friend. How about your first name? I'll pop you a note. Yeah, it's Dustin. Dustin, D-U-S. 
T-I-N. I can do it. What town you call home? Uh, Titusville. No kidding. Great to have you with us from over on the coast here uh, this morning. Dustin, thanks for listening. Good morning, Orlando. We really appreciate having you on board. Uh, Thanks a lot, bud. You bet. Don't go away, my friend. You and Stephanie will work things out, and we will get you those Monster Jam triple threat tickets. 1949, post-World War II, um, the NATO charter was signed on to 1949, and Harry Truman was in the White House. You know, we almost had no show this morning. I got so wrapped up yesterday in the Wimbledon quarterfinals, and 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 then um, England trying to make it into the, the the soccer finals, the World Cup against Croatia, and 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 I mean, it was just one incredible sporting event after another yesterday. My guy Roger Federer. You know, almost had a straight set uh, victory over this guy from South Africa, this Kevin Johnson. He had a match point on him in the third set, would have ended the match, and he didn't win it. And he went down in five sets that went into overtime, like 12-11 or something. The great Federer went down. They had this match between um, Rafael Nadal and and this guy from Argentina. Um, uh, What is his name? Potro. Potro. Unbelievable. These guys... They were, they were on their faces. They were on their backs. They were diving into the seats. I've never seen anything like it at Wimbledon. It was incredible, and Nadal won it. And then, you know, the extra time victory by a little Croatia over England to get him into the, 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 the finals against France. Yaffe, Croatia, think about this. I mean, you have all these countries around the world with these enormous populations. They have as many people living in Croatia, I was reading, as they do in Kentucky or Oregon. <laughs> really? It's like the second smallest country ever to make the World Cup finals. And it was unbelievable. The Brits can be proud. They were terrific, too. But it was heartbreaking for them when they went out. But little Croatia is going to play France on Sunday in the you know what they say is the most popular sport in the world. And I kind of got into the World Cup, but it still makes me crazy with soccer that you can go 90 minutes running all over the place, you know, and maybe <laughs> yep. have maybe have a one nothing game or a 2-1 game. Not enough scoring for me. I'm results-oriented. Got to have more scoring. So, and this, what, interrupted your show prep? That's totally, why we almost totally. didn't have a show? The tennis went on all day. There would have been a show about tennis and soccer today? I don't know what we were going to do. We're going to have to have a test pattern, or I'm just going to have to, you know, get out of the chair and say, Yaffe, Maybe you have some idea what's going on because I am clueless. <laughs> Do the show. Anything's better than talking about soccer for three hours. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, it didn't come to that, and it's great to be back with you. We have an hour to go. we got Dr. Kronhaus with the uh, breaking health and medical news on the house call, and that is coming up at 840, and you don't want to miss that. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday morning at 8 o'clock. Glad you're with us for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the school shooting survivors file a federal lawsuit, and a 99 year old World War II vet brings his no regrets tour to Florida. We'll bring you the details in one minute. The Trump trip continues on his way out of NATO. Heading for the UK. We'll have a live report next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Parkland school shooting survivors are filing a federal civil rights lawsuit. 
The suit targets the sheriff of Broward County, the superintendent of Broward Schools, and others, but attorney Solomon Radner says the lawsuit is not a shot at law enforcement. This lawsuit should not be misconstrued in any way. This is a shot at specific law enforcement officials who failed the students on that particular day. The lawsuit accuses officials of failing to keep the children safe, contributing to their severe psychological trauma. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Well, it turns out The Rock won't be running for president in 2020 after all. Actor Dwayne Johnson told Vanity Fair yesterday he doesn't see running for the White House happening in 2020. The former pro wrestler and current action movie star said running for president requires years of hard work and experience to learn the skills. He said due to his schedule, it won't be possible. If you remember, in 2016, Johnson told Yahoo he would consider running if he felt he could become what he called a real, impactful, tremendous leader and surround himself with good people. They're dropping like flies. The rock's out. Oprah's out. She said being president would kill me. She said, (laughs) we're not going down that road. Interesting. Very interesting on The Rock. Meanwhile, something closer to home and mark your calendar, bud man. This is just for you. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi will be in Central Florida this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, the Office of Democratic Representative Darren Soto of Orlando says Pelosi will join him at a news conference to bring attention to local legislative priorities, including affordable housing and protecting seniors, Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security. Mark your calendar, bud man. The event will take place at 12 noon on Saturday at the Community Hope Center in Kissimmee. Yeah, I I can't wait to tell the grandkids. (laughs) No fun with Paca. I'm going to see Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Sorry. Catch you next time, Nance. (laughs) The Navy is honoring Senator John McCain by adding his name to a destroyer named for his father and grandfather. The Navy notified the Arizona Republican yesterday that the USS John S. McCain now honors him, along with his father and grandfather, who were Navy admirals. I had no idea about that. Oh, great Navy tradition in that family and a great tribute Uh, To John McCain, we don't know how much time he has left with us as he battles the brain cancer. That's a nice thing. Yeah, Senator McCain was a Navy pilot uh, whose fighter jet was shot down over North Vietnam in 1967. He was tortured while held as a prisoner of war in what they called the Hanoi Hilton for five and a half years. Hey, speaking of veterans, a World War II vet is in Tallahassee today, and he's on a mission. When he was a boy in New York City, Sidney Walton had the chance to meet Civil War veterans, but he never did. He's 99 now, and that's the biggest regret of his life. So Walton, with the help from his son Paul, is visiting all 50 states and what they call the No Regrets Tour. Oh, my. And you're making yourself available to anyone out there that would like to meet a World War II veteran. Is that right? Right. So that they will never live with the regret that you've lived with. Walton plans to meet with all 50 governors, and Rick Scott was number 12 on the list. The mission ends in February when Walton turns 100 and will be honored at the White House. You know, I've met so many World War II veterans, you know, and um, and been a part of so many events, and and the honor flight that Yaffe and I went on to Washington, et cetera. They are great American heroes, and and there are fewer and fewer of them, you know. Yes, there are. And, um, and, and, and it's great when you have the opportunity to be in their presence. And when you think that he would have been born if he's 99 in 1919, you're right. There would have been a lot of Civil War veterans still, still around. It's amazing to think that this yeah. one man would have that connection well back in to the, uh, to the middle of the, of the, 
of two centuries ago, really now. Yeah, exactly. The 19th century. That's, that's extraordinary. What, that's what I found so fascinating. Wow. And I hope young people will really take him up on that offer to meet with him and get firsthand accounts on a war that you learn about in history books, but you really never really learn until you talk to someone who fought the battles. Living history coming to Florida. What a great story, Dan. You're welcome. And finally, two historic launch towers at Cape Canaveral are no more. Just after 7 a.m. Eastern time, the commander of the Air Force's 45th Space Wing hit a button that triggered demolition of the towers and mobile gantries at Launch Complex 17. The complex was the site of more than 300 launches starting in 1957 with the Air Force's launch of a Thor Intermediate Ballistic Missile Complex 17 will now be used by a private company called Moon Express that plans to test a small lunar lander that could fly missions for NASA and others. No kidding. Yeah. Private space enterprise. That's that's an outfit we don't hear too much about. No. Actually, it's just been a few times we've used the name Moon Express, but I have a feeling we might be using it a lot more often. Pretty cool. WFLA News Time, it's 8.08. You can read about Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, resigning as chairman at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. We're following Trump's European trip. He's uh, finished up at NATO, heading for the UK. We're going to have a live report on that in a moment. Stay tuned, and we're going to have an update as well after a word from Deb on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. President Trump been making a lot of news overseas, and uh, we're going to connect with the uh, Trump trip right now with the very latest on this. Uh, following it for us, News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Michael Bauer. Always great to have you back with us. Good morning from us all on Good Morning Orlando. How you doing, Michael? Good morning to you, bud. Doing real well here on this Thursday, or as some people are calling it, Friday Eve. That's what we call it. I'll tell you what, I've been watching this on Fox, and we've been monitoring it in the control room. Uh, looks like the president is uh, is done with NATO. He held a news conference this morning. What's the latest as he heads out for uh, a potentially stormy um, uh, stay in the U.K.? Yeah, I think that stay is going to get just a tad bit more stormy based upon sort of how NATO ended for President Trump here. We do know the wheels are up and he's on his way to London. That said, uh, we also know that he was 30 minutes late to a NATO meeting on Russian aggression today, and that didn't sit well with a bunch of the NATO nations. Again, not that anything has necessarily sat well with them since the start of this, but I think maybe that's the way President Trump likes to do things. He tends to shake things up a little bit. I call it, bud, the Wreck-It-Ralph theory, where you kind of break things up a little bit and then rebuild from there. And I think that's what the president was capable of doing, and, and, and that has been, regardless of whether or not you like the style, the success that the president has had in doing this. We know that he has made the comments time and time again that the NATO allies need to pay their 2% GDP in order to keep NATO strong right now. Uh, we have seen, at least uh, the announcements made by the NATO Secretary General ahead of this, that the European unions have paid up to 4% more than they had gotten in. Now, that doesn't get them to the 2% level no. yet, but, but that certainly is going the right direction direction, and that's something we couldn't have said between President Obama and President Bush. No, there's no doubt about that. And uh, President uh, uh, Trump is apparently saying in the wake of the NATO summit um, that he's gotten them to cough up a collective $40 billion more, you know, for their defense within the alliance. And he's calling himself, uh, or he's calling the summit a success and dubbing himself, according to uh, the latest headline here, a stable genius. <laughs> we heard that once before. Now he's headed for the U. 
He's headed for the I UK. What? That, he might actually have that on his business card, but I'm not sure that that could be on the business card there for the president. Yeah, this is listen. This is this is one of those things, and I'll show an example. Just yesterday alone, when the president stepped up and said that uh, Germany was sort of under the thumb of Russia when it came to energy, and that that statement right. got a lot of attention and got a lot of people upset. Uh, Germany had to sort of defend it, and then he was going on to have that meeting with Angela Merkel, wondering how that was going to turn out. Well, that meeting seemed to turn out real well on both parties' behalf, and what happened was the president. The president still had the same exact message that he had earlier for Angela Merkel, but this time it was done on a one-on-one level, and it was toned down a little bit. So while it wasn't a big, boisterous, break em up smash em up kind of message like he had for the cameras and for Twitter, yeah. he had the same exact message for her and still made that point in the one-on-ones. That's where I think the effectiveness of this is happening. You get the attention up front, you follow it up by rebuilding. Michael, before you go, uh, what is going to happen over in England? He's about to arrive in the U.K. Uh, Mm -hmm. What is the itinerary there? What events are on the docket? Well, right off the bat, he's got a uh, black tie dinner tonight, which is going to be held uh, not only with uh, Theresa May, but also uh, the First Lady will be there tonight. That's going to be about 60 miles outside of London. Tomorrow, he's going to have foreign policy meetings with Prime Minister May at her country home, which is about 47 miles outside of London. Queen Elizabeth, he's meeting with her at Windsor Castle, about 26 miles from the capital. And the reason I bring up those distances is because tens of thousands of protesters are expected to march in London against Trump when he gets there. So between today and tomorrow, you're going to have a bunch of those protesters there. Now, Woody Johnson, U.S. ambassador to the U.K., said that Trump will travel by helicopter between those locations, but not necessarily to steer clear of the protests. He just doesn't want to, he wants to get as much time in as possible at each of these locations, as important as this test is going to be, to see how well that relationship is, that special relationship between the U.S. and England. So he spends the weekend in the U.K., and then it's Monday with Putin in Helsinki, right? Correct. He moves on to Helsinki for the Putin meeting, which he says still may be the easiest out of the three big meetings he's had for this past week. <laughs> all right. Thank you. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Michael Bauer has got us all up to date on the Trump trip. And we thank you as always, Michael. Catch you next time. Have a great rest of your day, bud. All right. Listen, I think Trump's done a terrific job here. I really do. I mean, the man is absolutely fearless. He is on top of his game in a situation like this. You know, he'll punch you in the nose to get your attention. Then he'll put his arm around you. This is the way he did business to build his business empire. It really is. And it's applied to the presidency, and it's applied to international diplomacy, and it's different, but it's undeniable that the Trump approach works. It really does. He's shaking him up over at NATO. He's right on the criticisms. He doesn't want to destroy the alliance, no matter what the ATM machine is trying to sell you, the anti-Trump media machine. He is simply trying to make it live up to its commitments so it can be as strong as it needs to be. He said he believes in NATO. I think he clearly does. But the free ride is over. It's not 1960 anymore. It's 2018, Europe. Stand up and chip in for your own defense. He was right on calling Germany out for becoming energy dependent with the pipeline deals with Russia that could absolutely control Germany by threatening, if they're not happy with what goes on with Germany and Europe, to turn off the spigot. I feel so comfortable with this president at the helm on the international scene, 
and I think he's hitting it out of the park here domestically. What do you think? Where are you on the Trump trip and the Trump presidency at this point in time? I'll take some calls and text messages on that. 407-916-5400, and I don't care whether you see it my way or not. All right? I want to know what you think. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Trump's trip to Europe continues. You heard my take on it and the Trump's presidency. Here's Lisa out on the turnpike. Good morning. Welcome in. You're on with a Bud Man. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, Bud. Hope you can hear me. I can. Um, Thank you for taking my call. I, um, God help that man to tackle that customer. I stand behind him. And that's what President Trump is all about, enforcing law and order, bringing the Bible back into this country, making laws work, because without laws, you don't have a country. It's not discrimination. He calls people out. He's not afraid to speak the truth. And I thank all the evangelicals, the veterans, and everybody that voted for him. And if you remember carefully, everyone, Hillary threw in the towel, okay? She quit. She didn't see it through to the end. She just gave up. What does that say about her as a leader? It's time for us all to stop fighting left and right, get together, and be America, and make it great again. Thank you, Lisa. Great call from the turnpike. Quickly to Paul in Orlando. I got 30 seconds for you, buddy. Go ahead, Paul. Yes, I would like to challenge people to tell me which of the founding fathers were not businessmen. That George Washington, Patrick Henry, Adams, Jefferson, they were all businessmen. Well, they all were. That's a great point. And look at what they accomplished. Yeah, they weren't career politicians. There was no such no, thing back then. No, they were not. George Washington had four businesses. Yeah, it's a great, great point you raised. Thank you, Paul. Your take, Yaffe, on my commentary on the Trump trip and the Trump presidency, and a quick check, if you will, of that text line. I don't know. I was just thinking about this yesterday, and it occurred to me that I remember a time when the Democrats used to complain that Republicans were trying to be the policemen of the world, that wanted to be cowboys on the world stage. Yeah. So you have President Trump basically doing the opposite, basically telling Europe, you need to start taking care of yourselves. You would think the Democrats would be overjoyed on what Trump is saying and what Trump is doing. <laughs> Because they've been wanting that forever, and yet they're not because, well, it's Trump, and yes, it's a Republican. Yeah, and he stole the election from their girl, Hillary, who didn't cut it. Yeah, text line? Uh, Yeah, one person said, I love the president's style. He is so different from the -the run-of-the-mill world leader, and his motives are purely American. He keeps the world guessing, and that's good. It is good. All right, coming up, Deb with the news at the bottom of the hour, the Broward County Parkland School shooting survivors are going to court. You'll find out what that's all about. And a man gets his sea back nearly six years after Superstorm Sandy. you got to be kidding me. That story's coming up with the Debmeister next as we roll on for the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, hit pound 250, keyword real estate. Good Thursday morning now at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour. 
Dr. Kronhouse waiting in the wings with a uh, house call you don't want to miss. But first of all, never to be missed, Deborah Roberts updating our news. Deb, take it away. Fifteen students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are filing a federal lawsuit against Broward County. The lawsuit filed Wednesday morning names retired school resource officer Scott Peterson, Sheriff's Captain Jan Jordan, Superintendent Robert Runcie, and more. The students say Jordan refused to let emergency personnel treat the injured students during the Valentine's Day shooting that took 17 lives. And attorney Solomon Radner says the goal of this lawsuit is to ensure this type of attack never happens again. That law enforcement is aware that we're expecting them to be heroes. That's their job. And if they choke and they cause people to die, they will have to face the music. The students are accusing the defendants of knowing about the dangers posed by the alleged gunman and they failed to react. The survivors are demanding a trial by jury. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I heard your incredulousness at the news, but yes, it is true, Bud Man, a New Jersey man has indeed been reunited with his sea dew nearly six years after it was swept away in Superstorm Sandy. Yeah, and for folks who aren't familiar, that's kind of like, you know, I guess the generic term is like jet ski, all right? That's, yeah. That's a brand ski. of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. New Jersey or NJ.com reports Douglas Ferrigno got an unexpected call from police in Brick Township last week. A man renovating his home was just about to clear that, uh, see, I call it a sea do you it's call okay, it? okay, jet ski, jet whatever. Ski, jet ski from his property, but he checked out a number on the watercraft, and then he contacted police. Okay. This is really cool. Because for Rigno's jet ski had been sitting six miles away, just six miles away from his Pelican Island home at another house. They didn't know who it belonged to, but it was secured by a cover and had all of its parts intact, including the key. Amazing. Six years later. Amazing. Just sitting outside someone's house. Ah. The, uh, the jet ski roared back to life after he replaced a few plugs and the vehicle's battery. For Rigno says the watercraft's return is, quote, a nice symbol. To know that good things can happen. End oh, quote. yeah. That is, that's pretty cool. And from the good, we go to the bad. Uh-oh. Authorities say a Lamborghini erupted in flames at a suburban St. Louis gas station after a minivan driver pulled away from a gas pump with the nozzle still attached. Oh, boy. It happens. Kirkwood Police Detective Bob Brewey says a valve is supposed to shut off when that happens, bud. But instead... Fuel sprayed into the Huracan Performante's engine. Into the what? The Huracan Performante's engine. This particular... That's a model of Lamborghini? I guess. I'll never afford one. But I was going to say, it's a little upscale for the Bud Man here. I'd never heard that before, yeah. but go ahead. Well, if you can imagine being the driver who owns that very expensive blue Italian supercar, he watched it ignite on Saturday. Mm-mm, that'll ruin your day. He says it was completely an accident and no one was charged. Parker Gelber wrote in a Facebook post that he was driving a red Lamborghini and his friend the blue one when they stopped for gas. A couple of Lamborghinis just out hanging out for the day. His friend was getting water when the fire started. No irony there. Another bystander captured the moments leading up to the blaze on a video that's been viewed more than one and a half million times. I'm going to have to go check that out as well. I Yeah, I'm going to ask our super producer Mike Yappy to maybe post that on the Bud Man's uh, page. Keyword Budman at 1025WFLA.com and see if we can check out the video. Because the Lamborghini costs like what? 400000 Oh, I don't know. It's 500000 You asked the wrong any guy ad- here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So there you have it. I got a link at MKZ from Central Florida. Hey, Lincoln. you're rolling I don't in style. Need, 
I don't need a Lamborghini. I've got luxury. I love my car. Deb, thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, Orlando. We care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. Doc, wonderful to have you with us, and uh, good morning from all of us on Good Morning Orlando, and welcome back to the 50,000-watt front porch. Great to be with you, Bud. I'm sure you were riveted, just as we all were in the whole world, to that drama uh, that resulted in the successful rescue of all of those boys in Thailand and their soccer coach from that dark, damp cave that was about to become flooded, and it's a remarkable feel-good story but there are challenges health-wise um, that are facing these kids. What can you tell us about that? Yes, there are. Most of the boys rescued from inside this Thai cave this week lost an average of four pounds during the 17-day ordeal, but, but are generally in good condition and showing no signs of stress, according to local health officials. These boys are going to be malnourished. They're going to need intravenous fluids, good nutrition, and be on oxygen for a while. We need also to be concerned about their mental health. After being in a dark cave for 17 days, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, with associated flashbacks, is certainly a potential development. These boys will all benefit from cognitive behavioral therapy. And we also have to be concerned about developing infections from bats and birds. Yeah, this is what I'm hearing about. They're calling it cave disease right is that why they have these these, these kids in isolation they can't they can't you know, have personal contact yet with their parents, et cetera? Exactly, bud. So what is cave disease? Cave disease, also called histoplasmosis, it's a lung infection caused by the fungus histoplasma, which thrives in areas with high bird or bat populations. People can get histoplasmosis after breathing in the microscopic fungal spores from the air, developing a fever, cough, and fatigue. In people with weakened immune systems, this can be a fatal infection, but most respond when we prescribe the antifungal medication, itraconazole, which may need to be taken anywhere from three months to a year in order to completely fight off this infection. As a doctor, would you say that um, we have the expectation that at some point these kids are going to be as good as new and go on with their lives? I think they're going to do well. My biggest concern is the short-term mental issues. Very interesting there. Interesting research out now on um, on a factor in longevity that may surprise a lot of people. What can you tell us? But a report last month in the Journal of Social, Psychological, and Personality Science revealed that religiously affiliated people lived between five and a half and nine and a half years longer than those who were not religiously affiliated. Boy, that's a lot of extra years. That's interesting. It is. Opportunities to participate in social groups, volunteer, relieve stress, obtain comfort, and live a healthier lifestyle. How about that? Let's talk about osteoporosis, you know, a, a weakness of the bones that afflicts a lot of older people, particularly women. Apparently, there's a diet that is helpful in warding that off. 
American Journal of Clinical Nutrition this week, osteoporosis increases the risk of fracture by reducing bone mass and degenerating the structure of bone tissue. The news this week that seniors with osteoporosis who followed a Mediterranean-like diet for 12 months had much slower rate of hip bone loss than peers who did not follow the diet, the Mediterranean diet. Again, it's rich in vegetables, fruits, nuts, fish, whole grains, and olive oil. So while we're talking food, there's research in on uh, which foods boost the immune system. I'm all ears. What you got? 15 foods to boost your immune system. Here we go. Quickly. Blueberries, dark chocolate, turmeric, oily fish, broccoli, sweet potatoes, spinach, ginger, garlic, green tea, kefir, sunflower seeds, almonds, orange or kiwi fruit, and red bell pepper. And other ways to boost your immune system, avoid smoking, exercise regularly, maintain a healthy weight, avoid alcohol or drink in moderation, getting enough sleep, minimizing stress, and practicing correct hand washing and oral hygiene. Very interesting. I don't know about oily fish, and there's no way I'm doing broccoli, but I'm on board with everything else. So 13 out of 15, not too bad for the Bud Man. Let's talk about high blood pressure. You talk about how we've got to get the BP under control, and here's yet another reason. Here's yet another reason exactly to get your blood pressure under control. But the news this week from the Medical Journal of Neurology is that high blood pressure later in life may contribute to blood vessel blockages and tangles linked to Alzheimer's disease. And earlier I teased that you would be talking about when your dog gets sick, is it possible that we can catch what the dog's got? I've always wondered about that. What can you tell us? Published this week in Emerging Infections Diseases, a bacteria carried by dogs that have not been neutered can produce flu symptoms in humans and potentially jeopardize a pregnancy, bud. My goodness. Brucellosis infection is most commonly spread by livestock like sheep, cattle, goats, and pigs. But a strain of the bacterium carried by dogs called Brucella canis could be widespread in humans. It's not clear exactly how the bacterium might spread to humans, but it's most likely passed through contact with reproductive organs or urine. Young children, people with compromised immune systems, and pregnant women are most vulnerable. Boy, I got to tell you, what a fantastic house call. Breaking health and medical news from my doctor, the one and only Dr. Ken Kronhaus. Boy, I'll tell you what, everybody loves the house call. You bring us every Thursday morning on Good Morning Orlando at 840. Thanks for your good work again, and have a great day at Lake Cardiology, Doc. We'll look for you next week. Be well, bud. All right. And you know what? You want to be well heart-wise? You can't do better than finding out what shape your heart's in by scheduling an appointment where I've gone for 15 years with a man who saved my life, Dr. Kronhaus at Lake Cardiology. Give him a call at 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. Ask about the BudScan 2.0 heart scan that he pioneered here in Central Florida. This amazing technology just might save your life, and the good news, most insurance will pick up the tab for it. Ask about it. Call him at 352-735-1400. Don't forget, Doc's got a nationally syndicated radio program, which is terrific, and we carry it right here on WFLA. Be in front of the radio every Sunday from 2 until 3. Good day, health, with Dr. Ken. If you're like me, you love fireworks, you know, and just having them on the 4th of July is not necessarily enough, Okay. I've got fireworks scheduled this morning for you and me, if you can be in front of a television set at 10 a.m. 
anti-Trump FBI guy Peter Strzok will be testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. It will be open. The cameras will be rolling. He's the one who, along with his lover Lisa Page, authored all of those text messages, and he was the top guy in the Hillary investigation, uh, this Russian collusion nonsense, etc., he was one of the top guys in the FBI. And remember when she said, he's not going to become president, is he? He's not going to become president. No, no, he's not. We will stop it. And a lot of other related um, hateful texts toward then-candidate Trump, now President Trump. And he is going to get the grilling of his life. And I've seen some of what his prepared remarks involve, and it appears that he is not backing down and claiming that his personal views had nothing ever to do with how he did his job in the FBI. Yaffe, I can't wait for that. It's coming up starting at 10 this morning. That's fireworks, Capitol Hill style, I guarantee it. Yeah, and you won't blow off your fingers or something by well, watching that thought these fireworks. Too, all right? <laughs> A couple of people there may blow their stack. I can't wait to watch it. We'll talk about it tomorrow, okay? That's it. See you tomorrow morning from all of us. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.